Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nat United, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jarwardna. Hello. And we are about to review the episode The Driving Test. Directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Chris Thompson. I bet you've got some facts about him, don't you, Chris? I have, uh, I have a little bit of facts about Chris Thompson and kind of more of a stylistic note about Rafkin. So starting off with Chris Thompson, he's a returning writer from The Cruise Part 1 and Airport 59. He has five more to go, including the upcoming 2001 A Comedy Odyssey for this uh, show. Uh, additionally, he was the, so I think we went into the fact that, you know, he did a lot of other television stuff and, and other projects, but, um, the one I will cover for today, he was the creator of the series, The Naked Truth in the 1990s with Tia Leone, which, oh, yeah. uh, uh, sure enough, I decided to take a look and yeah, you want other alums? It's got Alan Myerson directing an episode of it. So go figure. Huh. I remember that show. I think it went through multiple, uh, retoolings before they canceled it. I, yeah, that, I, I I can't remember it too well. I remember it, I remember seeing the TV guide when I was like nine or ten and going ooh, yeah. and then being disappointed that oh, it's just a slice of life drama. But yeah. um, yeah. but yeah, it, it ran for about it has like four years worth of material apparently. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. did a lot of it's yeah. yeah. When you look at the listing of it, it sounds like that was a project. Many of his of Thompson's other projects you know, were pretty yeah. successful generally, but that was yeah. one that. Uh, it took it took work, I think, to figure out where it was going. At least, at least, this is just conjecture. I would have yeah. to watch the show to find out. But when you see how many actors worked on it, how many you know different styles of that they all come from, it's kind of like, huh? Yeah, interesting. Taylor's superior show was probably that show. She, is this the same show where she was a paparazzi? Remember the paparazzi? Oh man! She kept having to jump through windows and into garbage chutes. Uh, let me take a look. See there. Um, the future me cut shows. this down. Future me cut this down a little bit. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna check. Oh, the Naked Truth is the paparazzi show. That is okay. 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 I remember her doing like three different shows around that time, and just nothing stuck for her. Mm-hmm. And then she uh, ended up uh, doing movies. Which uh, didn't end up, you know, really going terribly, incredibly well. Even though I really liked her, and a lot of the stuff she, she was in. A lot of good genre stuff worked on. Yeah, the genre stuff. Yeah, I mean, I loved her in Dress Up Park Three. Loved her in uh, Bad Boys. Even though, and even though I don't like Deep Impact, I liked her in it. I was gonna say I remember most of Deep Impact. So, yeah. yeah. Uh. <sighs> anyway, yes. So speaking of Alan Rafkin, uh, I, this is more of a stylistic note. He's been directing most of the, pretty much all the episodes up to this point um, for this season, and we will see a break in his directing for season three of Laverne and Shirley soon. But in that note, I decided to kind of t- comment a little more on the style. We'll see a bit of a comparison between this episode and the one that comes afterwards. So here you see a lot of use of like long wide shots to sell buildups of certain jokes and certain gags. And the way he does things in the next episode, well, it's it's a bit different. So it's just sort of like, you know, just keep it in mind we're paying attention to those things. The directorial the directorial touches, the the mise-en-scene, as it were. It's a sound hoity toity. What do you what do you think, Jean Luc? Am I am I in yet? Can I work for Cahers de Cinema? Anyway. <laughs> and this is what the episode is about. The girls' spring clean plans are disrupted when instead of a Friday paycheck, Squeaky receives a note from Max Schatz informing him that he flunked the written portion of his company-mandated driving exam. 
If he doesn't pass the secondary exam, he'll lose both his driver's license and his job. Squiggy insists on going alone, but his attempts at studying turn disastrous, and Lenny involves the girls in the process. Not even they are the promise of jobs that either the Pizza Bowl or Carmine's dance studio can build Squiggy's confidence or assure him that he'll be able to pass the test. Will he make the exam on time, or is he destined to find himself out of a job? What do you think of this one? I was uh, surprised that I could relate to, to Squiggy in some in some respects here. Um, just having not having done the the written test in over oh, ten years, feeling very nervous about it. Um, no, the, generally this was an interesting episode. I what I appreciate about this episode as much as it it definitely makes a lot of jokes. It it makes jokes sort of about how frustrating things are without making the person who's the source of the frustration look like a bad person, yeah. which I felt, yeah. which was, which is really difficult yeah. to do, yeah, yeah. but we actually get a little bit of a look into kind of what Squiggy, kind of what Squiggy's problem is in some respects, because he has a very, he's a very visual imaginative thinker. And yes. I thought that was rather fascinating. Yeah. I also love the, um, the fact that although the the girls still you know have so many issues with the boys, this is very yeah. much a they're trying to they're trying to help him out. I mean, yeah. obviously there's a self serving reason to, yeah. but um, you know they want him to succeed. They don't like that he feels you know insecure, and they're trying to help him out. So hate, yeah, there's hate, there's a lot to like about it, and it's very funny. Yeah. And they hate that he feels inferior. He feels like he's stupid. Yeah. And the thing is that while he and Lenny have their denseness and they're gross and they're selfish and thoughtless sometimes and greedy sometimes, at core, the reason why Squiggy is doing so badly is because he thinks expansively. He thinks about, well, well, you're telling me I have to be at this intersection. What day is it? What time is it? Uh, what do I say when I see these girls cross the intersection? He's thinking about that and not how to get from point A to point B in a dry way. So it's easy to sympathize with him in this episode, even though he is being stubborn and even though he is being a little obtuse and a little cruel to uh, Carmine in a way to point out how he's not masculine enough for him working at the dance studio. And, uh, the boys' friendship really comes through in this episode. This is another one of those initial episodes where we really hone in on what they're like when the girls aren't around, as we do in High Neighbor Book 2, to a degree. This is one of those first episodes where we get to spend a lot of time alone with them. Well, not a lot of time, a good chunk of time, but get a whole scene. A really good scene. Yeah. Where David just... It's a really good scene. I mean, there's, there, yes. there is, I have to say, there is a glaring, horrifying, terrible error in that scene. <laughs> and I think, and I, yeah, you know exactly what yeah, I'm talking I know, about. I know what, the, what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking there, about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This episode takes place roughly around 1960. Yes. There is a Godzilla versus the Smog Monster poster above Lenny's bed. Now, I love Godzilla versus Hedera. It's a great movie. Yoshimitsubano was a very forward-thinking director who, you know, created one of the best anti-pollution monster movies of all time. That film came out in 1971. Yeah. <laughs> dun dun dun. So, so what the hey? Continuity. And I actually, don't know. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> And I'm I'm, I'm going to also just double check. Yep, 1971. I'm pretty. Yeah. I I just want to make sure I was correct. 
Yeah, I feel oh, God, that was Richard Manabe that did the music for that. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, the, it is, however, that being said, yeah. the factual anachronistic things that yeah. totally bring down the episode for me. <laughs> um, it's a really good moment, though. I The brotherhood between the, the boys yes. is, the friendship is at times, is, is really beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> and I also like that it gives Lenny a chance to be a little more mature. Yes, independence. You know, and, and, and that I thought was, was appreciable. So, it's good. This, this is one of the first episodes along the slow child where he starts to become more independent. Uh, starts to try to step out and be the one to take care of Squiggy. They always tend to write him as Squiggy's shadow because he's standing behind him. Uh, when he has to step out and kind of take care of him, you get to see more of his sweet side. Uh, more of his uh, affection for the guy and get to understand why the two of them have basically been bonded together since they were little kids. As Lenny observes to Laverne in a season five episode, you love her the same way I love him. And that's all you need to know. Yeah, and it's it's. I think what's kind of the interesting thing about the episode is is you know I, I remember you know we we haven't talked about this in a few few episodes, which is that um, you brought up how one of the strengths of the show is when the group comes together against an obstacle. Yes, and and this is a really good example of that. And yeah. I I really did enjoy how Lenny gets to be a bit more of kind of in some respects the linchpin that yes. kind of helps uh, tie that together emotionally. Whereas the, you know, the girls are obviously that that's played yeah. as the goofball segments, yes. you know, them yeah. losing their temper at him, which is yeah. hilarious. And, you know, it's funny, even though it's a bit over the top and yeah. don't abuse people like that and don't assault them for yeah. being a frustrating moron as much as that's hilarious for television. Um, I love, I love Laverne just screaming. He's driving me crazy. I'm going to kill him. And she's just bashing him into the couch mm-hmm. while Swookie just goes, ah, wait, 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 wait. He's just, it's not. It's like it's not even really hurrying him. He's just trying to make a point, and she's just beating the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminds you of the near murder situation that happened in Bachelor Mothers. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. Which was also, which was, yeah. I also enjoy speaking of, uh, uh, you know, the 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 the, the violent moment. Um, I love that Shirley can do the uh, Vulcan death grip. Yes. I love that. Yes, yes, that nerve pinch and the, the expression. On Penny Marshall's face. Oh my god. The face that Laverne makes whenever she does that to her is great. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. It's so good. But yeah, I, I, ultimately, I love the girls' bits in this episode, but it's almost not centered on them. They almost act as garnishes to what's going on with the boys. What's going on with Squiggy. Right. I love that we start out at the break room and Laverne's lamenting the fact that they've deduced that they've reduced her paycheck by so many dollars and so many cents because of taxes. And her ultimate dream in life is own a purple cashmere sweater with shoes dyed to match. Oh, honey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That thought crossed my mind as well. Although I was distracted by the misplacing the uh, forklift and getting Shenmue flashbacks. <laughs> They tried to kill him with a forklift. Uh, the, yeah, that's. I mean, Fugitive Alien flashbacks also, but <laughs> yes. yeah, no. That Fugitive Alien is where my brain goes whenever I think of that. 
Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. It, it does. It does. Reference. Yeah. I uh, I haven't had the chance to reference that in a long time. God, I love that episode. You're stuck here. Anyway. Um, ah, you're stuck here. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. The, I, the, those details, though, as you're saying, though, like, yeah, the, the break yeah. room opening is, is a great opening. Yeah. I love the detail. Yeah. The, ta- the pick, pick, pick the taxes, yeah, yeah. which I, I can relate to from my, my little stint at Best Buy where. I, I paid a ton percentage into the taxes and I still owed. Oh. It's one of those cases, man, just everything. But, you know, this, yeah, the details are great. You know, you get, I think that's actually one of the things I love about this is you get to see their details that are not necessarily of the big things, but it's the yeah. little things. Like the way yeah. they clean. Yeah. The way they clean yeah. is adorable. Let's twist again like we did last summer. And the way Penny Marshall just leaps into the physicality of doing the twist with sponges at her feet. On a wet floor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't break her neck. It's amazing. I love that. Oh, let's see. That is a great little scene. And I love that Laverne wants a round bed. Of course she wants a round bed. It's a playground for smut. <laughs> of course she really well, yeah, then she can have, she yeah. can have, she can have a sailor's approach for her, of her from all sides. <laughs> oh, God. Um, shades of season eight, and that's all I'm going to say. Anyway. Oh, God. Okay. That's all I'm going moving to on. say. <laughs> moving on. I have to say. Moving <laughs> Cut that if you want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's coming. We'll get there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're still sashaying down Smut Alley. Uh, we find out that the boys make conjugal visits to the ladies' prison in this episode. Yeah. And... They do this regularly mm-hmm. in canon. This becomes a character trait. Oh, boy. They continue doing this all the way into California, and they also sell them uh, embargoed goods. They sell them contraband. Oh, boy. Petty cash. So they do this. So now I'm just that imagining if Lenny and Squiggy kept this up into the 70s, that they, they do that with the Manson girls as well. Oh, I'd like to think they have more taste in class. I think <laughs> Lenny would be too scared. I think Lenny would be too scared. <laughs> yeah. Squiggy, Squiggy on the other hand, there. though. Yeah. I, I, I could see him. It's like, eh, she's pretty hot. Why not? She, did, she went psycho in the sack. What do I care if she killed a bunch of people? <laughs> um, oh, God. I love that what motivates the girls is the fear of Lenny living with them. That's the worst thing they can think of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, come on, when have I this day? Living with him wouldn't be as bad as living with Squiggy. At least he seems to do some chores. And like, he does do the laundry. Mm-hmm. And he does seem to know how to do the laundry correctly. He, he, apparently, Squiggy's the uh, apartment's chef, he's their household chef, which is something we learn here. But. He seems to have a grasp on that too. So, like, of the two boys, you'd rather live with Lenny. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because, totally. Like, Squiggy is selfish and loud, and impersonal, and snores. No, he doesn't snore. Actually, he, doesn't, he does not snore. We do we do food that again. So, everything else, yeah, he does. Hmm. I was gonna say, David is so good in this episode. He is so good. His acting is top notch. 
He sells Squeaky's brokenheartedness, but also there is a layer of his of Squeaky's nonstop nonchalance, of his attempt at being tough, of being a punk, of being the kind of guy he thinks he should be in a situation like this. And even when he's at his most vulnerable with Lenny, he gets that great monologue, which David delivers by breaking the fourth wall and staring right into the camera. I yeah, I was hoping you were going to mention that. That is one of the best camera spikes yes, I've ever seen yes, in a sitcom. Yes, right in the camera, right in the camera. He was perfect. The way David inhabits Squiggy is perfection. Said before, I'll say it again. He just owns this character. Uh, Michael describes Lenny as his second state. You can tell Squiggy is David's second state, just from the way he inhabits him. And in this episode, you'll never see a final example of that. Yeah, and there's a, you know, I to add on to that, I feel part of this comes from the episode having an almost an interesting mirror to how do you say are you dead in German? Yeah. Because there's an element of Squiggy not wanting the pity. Yeah. What is the limit, the line drawn between pity and caring? Because pity yeah. under, you know, to pity someone in this situation is rude. Yeah. And how, you know, and I mean, the, the, the delivery... Um, it's a bummer you notice they had to use a canned, um, you know, doll from the audience. Yeah. Um, but him saying, I'm just too dumb, you know, yeah. is, Ooh. is heartbreaking. Cause I mean, it's, the idea is that it's someone's limitation. They, they have a, they're less fortunate because of the limitations yeah. and yeah. And David just makes the monologue sing and the way him and Michael act off each other in that whole, yeah. um, kind of pep talk. Yeah. Um, which is itself still covered in great jokes. I mean, him being the yeah. dumb waiter, yeah. the, the spelling of fa- failure on his hat, the way yeah. it's spelled or yeah. misspelled, I should say. Yeah. The dust in his blanket, his bunk. Oh God. Yeah. My, <laughs> my mother cried out. Oh my God. When it's, uh, he goes, he's been here recently. recently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is how we find out that Squiggy has the bottom buck and money has the top buck. Is how um, by this episode. I'm pretty sure they made. I what? thought they. I thought they established that in um, in High Neighbor actually because well, uh, Lenny's already there. on. The... We're sitting there, but we don't actually see them you know, actually using the beds huh. yet. So it's kind of firmly established that he's sitting there and he's going through his bags on the top. Well, we haven't established that this is where he sleeps. Hmm. That he's picked the top one, just the bottom one. Hmm. We watch that, but I have a feeling that they don't. You know, directly established that it's not but anyway anyway yes right i love all the little bits as you were saying uh the dialogue is great like i smell like i did work at a brewery lenny did yep and then and his assistant said he's gonna become a monk yeah and he can't become a monk because he's lutheran oh yeah a priest i'll be a priest you can't be a priest you're a lutheran another yes, strike against right. me religious prejudice he's priest <laughs> And he gives Lenny his black book. Oh. The girls um, break crack open later, and it's great. Uh, drunk Squiggy is a gift. That's all I have to say. Yes, it's a fun drunk. Yes, yes, yes. You're a fun drunk, Squig. <laughs> everything about it. The way they act off of one another, the way they bounce off of each other. Perfection, utter perfection, utter perfection, utter perfection. And you need to lift down there, and he jumps into Lenny's arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just gestures for him to just carry him up. 
The fact that Squiggy apparently is actually more in tune with his memory and more in tune with the quiz when he's drunk, apparently, is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because he gets a 73. That's a C. Mm-hmm. That's at least a C. See, it's somewhere in the C range. So that shows he's got some brains going on in there. He did not get a D. That's a passing grade. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. So I wonder if that's a, me- a meaning that, in some respects, like his own, his frontal, like his conscious um, issues, you know, the way it, it could be his trauma reactions, yeah. it could be his fears, yeah. his insecurity, as we're saying, his expansive thinking. Yeah. And I mean, when I think about expansive thinking, that's a lot of it reminds me of like how you see this in a lot of like abusive family cycles where you have to be predictive to figure out what's coming next. So you have to figure yeah. out contexts and you have to be imaginative to figure out, okay, what's the next situation? What's the next horrible situation? And what are yeah. the details going to be that are going to get be a sign that I'm in that situation? Yeah. And so I wonder if getting intoxicated makes him stop thinking about it. And then therefore whatever knowledge or, or memory is able to, you know, can be conjured has a little less filtering. Yeah. 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 That might be it. Man. And it also could just be a silly yeah. sitcom. Yeah. I'll that too, but still, you gotta think about the char- depths of to which these characters can go. We have to think about it because they can get pretty deep, even though this is a really, really silly sitcom where ghosts exist and women ride horses in apartment buildings, and you can get caught in the head and think you're a stripper and all that jazz. So yeah, mm. yeah. Well, we're talking about great dialogue. We have to go back to that bit. Uh, where Lenny goes to ask the girls to help him out. And he slips and falls. And they help him back up. And he says, fall like that can make me non-potent. Oh, God. Yeah, there's some amazing dialogue to this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he says that Squiggy isn't as smart as he looks. And Laverne goes, oh, he's going to be. <laughs> and Lenny thinking they're good students because they always wash the gym clothes. Right. Because right. So yeah. And then Squiggy bursts in in a trench coat looking like a basket case and looks at them washing the floor and he goes, You wash your feet in the living room too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, there's something so pathetic about that line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's so vulnerable. And the um the line the and I mean going to the dialogue, the entire following yeah. scene of quizzing him, you know, can I have yeah, a it's... can I have a crayon? Only if you're good. Yeah. And uh yeah. and blowing the raspberry. I'm squiggy, that would be true. <laughs> right. It's a true for true or false yeah. question. I'm squig, true. true. Uh, <laughs> uh do we want uh, to cover the remark oh the third yeah. the third graders thing in this? Uh no no well to be fair to him, he was in his mind knocking on seventeen year olds, which is still gross. It's still gross. <laughs> yeah. Still gross. And then we had that whole line in that after night about how he was dating a 17-year-old and then slept with her when she was 18 and then it wasn't interesting anymore. So right. it exists in the show. It does exist in the show's canon. There's a line. And it, it's gross. Yep. It's probably the grossest thing that they do and they eat expired food and never wash their feet and many other things and have hard blankets. Yeah. But, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, we should we should discuss this. Yes. 
Yeah, because it's just it's a it, it's a natural reaction, and there's there's yeah. been I don't know there's been the other clues we've we've talked about that we've seen that just it's Squig's a creep. I, I do notice Squig is more of a creep than Lenny when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In his mind, yeah. you know, whatever he thinks, and I guess what it is is that when he thinks of school, he thinks of high school. He thinks of the last year of school that he was in. Yeah, because you know he's still sort yeah. of stuck in that teenager, sixteen, seventeen year old, you know, wise ass, you know, uh, you know, punk basically. Because then when yeah. he's he's reminded, yeah. no, they're third graders. He goes, third graders. Well, in that case, it'd be give me a lunch of money or I'll suck you, you know. And so he, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. He, but um, and we've all established that the boys get beaten, got beaten up all the time for the lunch money high school. So you can right. kind of imagine him bullying younger kids just like he's getting bullied. It's kind of sad in this way, but yeah, Jesus, I'm gonna think about. It. Go ahead. I was just gonna Go say, ahead. it just shows the the cycle of. Uh, the vicious cycle of the bully. The bully starts at one at one range and goes to the other, looping back around eventually until it becomes a full securitist wheel of insecurity. 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 Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It just, I find it interesting that they even decided to go there with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm amazed. And between that and him constantly feeding his dates alcohol to dull the pain. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. That And that, Lenny does not do that. He doesn't do any of this. You don't, and he's a, a, he's horrified at the idea that the, 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 he's horrified at the very idea of being with someone that young. We do get dialogue later on where they talk about going out Camping to uh, try to pick up some uh, Girl Scouts, some girls, well, they, they, the girls think are Girl Scouts, and Shirley says that's disgusting, and Lenny said, we're not interested in little, in little girls with little beanies, we're interested in big women with big beanies. Oh, God. Oh, so they're going God. after den mothers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. That's a weird line the show decided to dance up to. And, yeah. 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 And that, and that was still, I mean, that was still the seventies, the mid to late seventies. I mean, just the amount of stories of her that it was pretty, it was pretty normal for people to, you know, in their early to mid twenties to date people that were in high school, that it was still common. It's, it's, it's creepy. It's weird. It's not, it's not okay. Um, yep. And it's just, yuck. Just interesting. It's just anyway. I just you know I knew this line was going to come up, and it's just I I had a feeling at some point somebody was going to because because we've we've tried to skirt around in a couple of other cases. You know, night the night after night song, especially being one that we tried to yeah. be cautious of discussing. I guess cautious maybe yeah. the wrong word. I guess um we in you know either we're intentionally oblivious or we're you know just choosing to ignore it. Yeah, it's a weird line that the the show goes on that never confirms full-blown like what is the term here i mean pedophilia would be the main one but it's like what is epiphilia with the uh, age difference yeah something like that i have no idea how to pronounce that word but i know what you mean yeah it's anyway just want to make sure that it wasn't that we were because this is now the third time it's come up i didn't want to like completely pass it by yeah 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 still show show you're better than this show yep better than this better than the rape humor better than that Yep. But they're trying to, but I guess it is the commitment to this guy being the creep. So they had to emphasize him being the creep. Yep. And this other dinner. Uh, but even then, 
Squiggy is also portrayed as sympathetic and virtuous mm-hmm. in certain ways. And have, being a normal guy who has an interest in adult women. So, I don't know why they went there or what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to wash off the muck and grime and oil of this mental pictures you're probably suffering from right now, all of you. Uh, Shirley decided to play act out the intersection question that Squiggy has on this practice quiz. To try to figure out who has the right of way is great. That that whole bit, my God, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, the dialogue is great. The staging is great. Carrying and I was just seat. pointing out before, you know, the long take, yeah. the nice wide long shot of them zooming around the living room yes. is. Uh, that's what that's what sells the joke is you get to see it build up. You're waiting for the you know something's going to go wrong and you're waiting for it to happen, and it happens at just the right point. And poor Boo Boo Kitty. Yes, squashed once again. The poor thing. Uh, I have the, then, then on top of that, Laverne does not know who has the right of way. Continue to establish how bad of a driver she is. Yep. That's a good one. And then. We get over to the site of Carmine wearing Laverne's apron, cutting onions, Mm -hmm. making Squiggy's favorite meal for him to kind of stop him from panicking all his jazz. And she presses on him for a favor, and Laverne presses on her father for a favor. That bit about the pictures of the men's room's wall is so great. Oh, my God. To cover all the dirty words. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. You're going to put Teresa in the men's room? She's got a mustache. She's going to notice. Right. Oh, and I love the, uh, yeah, the one she's, she's going up to Papa the favorite. Didn't you always want a son of the business? His response, don't do that. That The, the yeah. delivery of that yeah. line and the I'm sorry yeah. is the most realistically father-daughter yeah. handling of their relationship yeah. I've seen in the show. Like, it seems so yeah. naturally yeah. real. Yeah. Yep. And so, in, and like even yep. Penny's body language as she puts her head down, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's oh, it's perfect. Yeah, I know. And then we later find out that Frank paid Squiggy to never take Laverne out. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense for that entire exchange. It's a beautiful, beautiful writing, beautiful callback in the tag scene. You notice he didn't pay Lenny money. It was yes, I did. Not, I noticed. I noticed. Easy. He's either smart, not not aware that Lenny has the hots for his daughter, and it's really obvious, or he considers him less of a threat than Squiggy, or he just plain maybe he can stomach him more, but he does not pay him, which I think is fascinating because the two of them definitely go on on dates. That might also explain how uh, Squiggy and Shirley end up partitioned off into one area where they're, they're going out on these platonicish double dates and why Lenny and Verna are over here doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, perhaps, perhaps indeed. Uh, I love Squiggy's utter contempt for the notion of either working at the pizza bowl or the notion of working with Carmine. I won't call that one of the skilled laborers. Right, the skilled laborers. Oh man. You don't even walk well. <laughs> oh, that whole bit. 
And then Frank's just relieved and he just says no. That's so great. That's so great. Uh, so, once we get past that, we get to the last two scenes, which are awful. The last two scenes are so great. Because the girls finally come up to the boys' apartments. For the first time since High Neighbor Book 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm completely losing it. And they try to make apologies for not having ever gone up there in the past few months. And a creature runs by them and Squiggy refers to it by name as Robert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is great. God, that's, yeah. I, uh, I love the idea that if there's any critters living in there, and crit- by critters so I mean roaches, so rats, mice, gerbils, you know, yeah. gel- gelatinous cubes, that they name every yeah. single one of them. Exactly. You can see them doing that. You can imagine them doing it. Mm-hmm. Squiggy has named all of his moms. Of course, they would do this. Oh, certainly. And of course, there's and of course, cameo by by best character Jeffrey on the wall. Yes, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, best character. Jeffrey's best character. Uh, I love. I know. I know him. Uh, him. Him and Boo Boo Kitty are separated for a little bit, but that's okay. They're gonna get back together. Eventually, with time. <laughs> I love that gag of the stuff that's brown today, which means it was yellow. Yellow ones. ones. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. My mom loved that. She was laughing her head off and slapping like knee sna- slapping laughter when Laverne yeah. finally eats it and reacts to it. Yeah. I think I'm getting the yellow part. Oh God. It's so good. <laughs> and then Shirley is so nauseated. She goes to throw up. Yep. In the boys bathroom, which is a hazard in of itself. Mm hmm. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. As we'll find out by season five. Uh, <laughs> this also remind me. I was checking my notes here. There's the uh, the bit where the boys, as they walk away, it's like, how come they always want to tag along with us? You know, don't they have lives of their yeah. own? And I love how the this is now the second time the boys have had this sort of response to the girls, which is like, oh, what you know? It's like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like we're we're better than them. We're better than that. You know, because at bus stop they were. It's like, wow, going up to yeah. Oshkosh for a date. Yeah, and I thought we were hard up, you know? And so. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming, yeah. It's becoming a thing. Yeah. yeah, but they are always hanging around, so they're oblivious to their own behavior. Exactly. Exactly. They're so, so, so oblivious. I mean, let me put it happens. this way at some point, Lenny is going to end up going by a movie theater, and the projectionist is going to come out and put him, put the reels of the film onto him. He's just projecting so hard. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's Squig maybe that's Squig's problem with the driving test. Someone forgot to change his bulb. Ha! His projector bulb. Yeah, it finally that's, went that's out. A proje- that's a projector joke. Out. Shattered. He's just flopping film in darkness. <laughs> uh, yeah, while well, the oh, thing boy. with no head it just keeps uh the thing without a head keeps just flipping away. Prime reference. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to the tag scene. Mm-hmm. Perfect tag scene. Perfect tag scene is perfect. Well, the girls go through Squiggy's little black book and find a friend of theirs, find Laverne, and then find Shirley. And I love all of that. I love all of that. I love that in Squiggy's head, he has to be very careful with Shirley. Because she wants to marry him and have his babies. Of course he does. 
Yep, that scream. The scream of horror. Yeah, there's a scream. Little Shirley and the squiggles. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of the boys' room, I have my note at the end here. Um, My mother was asking about the anatomy prop on the wall. She was curious where the heck that came from. Like, why is it, you know, they're not... I think her comment was, they're not necessarily very smart, so why do they have something that, like, a medical anatomy, you know, uh, plastic plastic body on the wall? And I, I, I have a theory. I was curious what your thought was first, though. I'm guessing they stole it from their high school high school um, class, the biology So my class. theory is they stole it from the hospital when they were guinea pigs. Probably. That makes sense. Maybe it was a gift. They are, a, they are favored patients there. They do a lot of stuff. Maybe it was a gift. That makes sense. Yep. Although stealing from the high school is yeah. also a really, really valid idea. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's like a senior prank yeah, or yeah. something. If you look around their apartment, you can see what they have managed to steal. Like you see a lot of signs. There's a shot spear sign. There's, they clearly lifted. There's a street sign that they clearly lifted from somewhere. Where you don't know, but they clearly did not come by those legally. Uh... Yeah, I loved also Shirley complimenting the tablecloth. You have such a nice, you have such a nice tablecloth. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> yep. Okay, I think we're to the ranking portion of today's. I think we are. Yeah. Um, for me, this was a good one. This is this is one I enjoyed. Um, six and a half, six and a half or a seven, to be honest. Maybe seven and a half. This is around a six point eight for me. Oh God, dialogue. Whip crack dialogue, great physical comedy, actual hearts. We actually up this to about seven point five. Yeah, about seven. It's really good. Perfect, perfect performances. Yeah, as it, it just it's one of those things where I think the it doesn't always tie yeah. together really well, but the jokes that are there are like really. Mem- it's like when I remember them, they're gut bustingly hilarious. This works better than bus than a bus stop. Right. This works better than bus stop because it is. Perfectly bracketed together. Everything flows. The story flows from point to point to point to point to point to point to point. And everything makes sense. And it's really, really yep. enjoyable that way. Uh, yeah. Also, if you have to just see one scene, be sure to watch David's monologue. Watch that squiggy monologue. It is perfect. It is such a moment of acting. Mm-hmm. Perfection. If you can only see one scene from this episode, see that. Yep. It's a good time. Yeah. Good times. Awesome. All right. I guess with that out of the way, um, we can, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess we're, we're done, yeah? Yeah. Gosh. Wow. Another one down and another one down. And another one is... Um, Done. Yes. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for Night After Night. And if you would like to know more, you can find us at Night After Night Pod on Facebook or Tumblr or WordPress, as well as on YouTube. And if uh, you want to get to us a little more directly, we're around at Night After Night PC on Twitter. And uh, that's a good way to keep in touch. We do little updates and threads and things like that. And um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the main gist. We, we would love to hear from you guys. And uh like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify or what have you, and all those sort of nice little things. But you know, in in any case, though, we just we just hope that we can we can drive our van into your heart and um, and have a little spot there, a little parking place, a little parking place right in there. But uh, 
any hoot. Um, so, uh, Lisa, I, I think, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see what the next episode is up ahead, but it feels like there's some sort of blockage, like a, like an obstacle in my way. Shirley tries to prove she's a lamp and not a cream puff. This is the obstacle course. Oh, well, that figures. Cool. Obstacles, courses. Well, I guess you'll just have to join us, of course. Have a good day, y'all. See you soon. Thank you. I feel like I should have said the of the, <laughs> you should join us, of course. I feel like I should have said that in Homestar Runner Voice. You should join oh, us, no. of, co- of course. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs>